0: Hi, this is Carolyn, and I'm here with Erin. And October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we really appreciate Terry being with us. A little background on Terry she's on the Raleigh Tennis Association Board of Directors. She's a 3 5 player, and she's captained multiple teams that won the state championship and even won sectionals. So, Terry, thank you so much for doing this. And can you start off and tell us a little bit about your tennis background?
1: Sure. My dad introduced me to the game when I was really little, but I dabbled in it. I wasn't fully committed. My brother was the much better player. So I really didn't take it that seriously. And lo and behold, I was 40 years old and I ran into someone and they said, oh, you should get back out there and play again. And I was like, no, that ship has sailed. I'm too old, out of shape. They're like, nonsense. The game is for everyone. So I started hitting and I was like, wait, I love this. Like what what happened that I like put down a racket for like 20 some odd years and I haven't looked back since. So that was eight years ago. And I've been playing adult adult league tennis and tournaments ever since. That's awesome. I actually thought you started
2: before me because I've been playing. About, I did the same thing. I Well, I never touched a racket and started when I was 40 and thought, this is crazy that I can do a sport at this age Absolutely. and be competitive and meet new friends at 40, you know, which is hard to do. (laughs) Yes,
1: exactly. Um,
2: So tell us about your story with breast cancer. That's why we're having you on today. We want to hear about that and how your tennis friends helped you through it.
1: Sure. So my mom and my grandmother both had breast cancer, but they were diagnosed at a much later age. And so I always get a yearly mammogram. And so I had had one in August of 2020 and everything was all clear. So I'm going about my life. And then it is pool season, and I'm putting on sunscreen. And it's May of 2021. And all of a sudden, I feel something that doesn't feel normal. So I'm like, "What? what is this? And I had no idea. So I went and I said to my husband, I said, could you just like feel this? I don't know what this is. And he said, whoa, what is that? He said, you need to call your doctor immediately and go get that looked at. So like I called right away. They fit me in for a mammogram and then an ultrasound. But what was really curious about it is that it was so large that if I turned sideways, I could actually see it through my skin. So from you're talking eight month period of an all clear to now having something that was so large that I could see it, you know, on my own it was pretty, uh, pretty scary. So of course I go and I get it looked at and they're like, "Hmm, that doesn't look right. Let's get a biopsy and got the biopsy. And of course it came back that I did have breast cancer. So that was kind of how I got diagnosed. And I was 40, I'm 48 now. I was 46 at the time I got diagnosed, which they consider that young.
2: Yes. Yes. You told us before we started recording that you were inspired to play through it. Tell us like, how that journey went? Like, how did you feel? And were you able to just regularly put, I know you capped a lot. So did you
1: just control when you could play or were you doing it for fun? Tell us about that. Absolutely. So I did play throughout the whole time. I talked to all my doctors. I had a huge team of doctors that were incredible and very encouraging. And I actually did a, an exercise study while I was on it. They were trying to figure out the effects of exercise on how the body reacts to chemotherapy. Like chemotherapy can age the body faster than, you know, you would normally age if you didn't have it. And so I put myself up as a lab rat. And so part of that was trying to stay active through the whole thing, but I needed it more than I ever needed anything in my life. It literally gave me a mental, just a physical like boost I put myself in the hands of my friends that were captaining and said, Hey, if you'll have me on a team, I understand if you don't want me on a team, cause I'm not available much. Every single captain kept me on the team and were so incredibly understanding and gave me so much grace that like, I can never thank them enough because it is what got me through.
2: Yeah, Doesn't it just change your whole perspective of playing tennis too? And, you know, it's like, I feel like when someone's out there and they're having a horrible day or they're treating you terribly, or they're. You know, or beating up themselves, yelling at themselves. You're like, but you're happy to be on a court. You're happy to be healthy enough to be standing there, holding a racket, being with your friends.
1: Just puts everything into perspective, doesn't it? I had such a paradigm shift in the way that I approached everything. Like, I would get out on a court, and before I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I need to win this. I, I'm because I'm competitive. We all are, you know. We play, but it's it's adult league rec tennis, you know, but I want to win. I like winning more than I like losing, but I would, (laughs) I would get out there. And even if I lost, I was just so thankful and grateful that I had a racket in my hand and I was on my own two feet and I was able to play the game that when I let go of all the ratings and winning and all of that, I actually played my best tennis. I actually might, you know, like won way more than I lost throughout this whole process. It's 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 very freeing. Like once you let go of all the the stuff that you're like totally focused on and is weighing you down, you play with such abandon and freedom that you're like just excited to play. And that was really
0: the coolest thing that probably came out of it. That's great. So what advice would you give to other women about getting screened or going through it? My advice, and I've told all
1: my friends that um, have heard my story, I know COVID put a lot of people off of going to the doctor. So I know a lot of women that have told me, oh, yeah, I didn't go because COVID, I didn't want to be in a doctor's office. Now that things are you know, opening back up, go, get get your exam, get it done, just because knowledge is power. Like I literally, if my husband was like, go, go get that looked at. I went immediately and I knew- Right away. And then I just started to deal with it. If I had put it off, which might have been something I, you know, we as moms tend to do, we put our kids, our husband, everything else first, I could have easily done that. And I would have probably been in a very bad situation because what I had was aggressively growing. And if I had just waited and waited, it it could have been so much worse than it was.
2: We've talked to a lot of people about um, different injuries. And, you know, obviously this isn't an injury, this is, you know, a disease. And, Everyone was motivated to get back on the courts. Like they wanted to recover as fast as possible because they were so motivated by tennis and to get back out there and to be with their friends.
1: Oh, yeah. I I have two more surgeries that I'm having done in November. And, of course, I scheduled it after combo season is done. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I know. I'm sure all the doctors know
2: now that when the, a tennis player walks in, it's going to be based on what season they're in.
1: Especially in adult recreation. Exactly.
2: Tennis. I know. Oh, so it's oh like, no. well, it's winter. I can skip this season, because, but I have to be ready for spring or, you know, whatever it is. Well,
1: so this was all going on end of tri-level combo season last year. I had two teams that ended up going to combo states, and I had my final chemotherapy was supposed to be the Friday of states that one of the weekends of states. So I asked my oncologist, I said, would you mind if we just postpone that to the following Monday so I could go play for my team? And she goes, yeah, we can do that. And I was like, okay. So I went and I played on two teams, one of them won. And then I went and had my final chemo on that Monday. And then that team ended up going to sectionals. So I asked the radiologist, the, um, radiology oncologist, can I postpone the radio the radius radiation that I'm doing until after sectionals? They're like, sure, I don't see why not. We won sectionals. So there you go. I mean, I played throughout the whole thing. So it it was really a, a an incredible journey that I was able to do all of that while going through all this treatment. But the only reason I was able to do it is because of the support the support I had from my husband and the doctors and my tennis family. My tennis family held me up so much that like, I literally cannot ever, ever put into words how grateful I am for their support and their love throughout everything.
2: What's the best advice you've ever been given? I know that's a very broad question, but
1: (laughs) there's, there's two. So one of the big things that is learn from your failures. And every time I go out on a court, I try to be in, I, I play doubles. I don't play singles. I try to be very um, uplifting to my partner. So if they are making mistakes or they're down on themselves, I try to say, it's okay, you got this. Let's take it one point at a time, you know, that sort of thing. And so I try to be positive on, on the court. Now, when I lose... It's really hard to stay happy in that moment when you've just lost, but I do try to take away what could I have done differently. And I, and I work on that, whether it's like a staying in it mentally, or do I need to work more on my physical fitness, my endurance? Um Maybe I'm just tanking on my backhand right now and I need to go out and hit some balls. So, you know, that's, that's one that, that I, I try every loss that I have on the court or in life. I try to move forward and think about what can I do better the next time that advice has held me in good stead. But the other thing my parents taught me was earn the right to complain. And by that, it means get involved in the things that most closely touch your life. So like when my kids did year-round swimming, I became a USA Swimming official because I spent so much time playing tennis when there was an opening on the RTA board. I decided I'll throw my hat in the ring and try to get involved and do that. And so I try to, if I feel like something could be done better, I try to get involved and do that and leave it better than I found it, as opposed to just complaining to people like, oh, I can't believe they don't do this. And, oh, I, you know, they could do this better. Well, yes, they could, but they need people with time and energy and ideas to go out there and try to make things better. So that's just something that I've always tried to do.
2: Can you say that saying one more time that they, the, the, the advice that they gave you? Earn the right to complain. Earn the right to complain. Okay.
0: I like that. I know. I really like that. (laughs) It's like, I got
2: to write that down. (laughs) Not just complain to complain.
1: (laughs) That's right. If you get involved in something and it's still not working right, at least you tried and whatever input you have will hopefully try to make it better. But if not, then, you know, understand some things aren't capable of being improved, but most things are. And so it's worth it to
0: try. Oh, I really like that. Can you also tell us your most memorable moment on the court?
1: I have so one happened last year in combo playoffs. I was pretty open about what I was going through. So, most people in the Raleigh community knew, like from other clubs, had an idea what I was dealing with. And we were in playoffs and we were at a club, and it's a very tough team that I had lost to, I don't know how many times. And we actually won and advanced in playoffs. But at the end of it, so many of their players came out on the court and gave me a hug. And they said, we're not even mad that we lost. We're just so thrilled for you that you won because they knew what I was going through. And it like, it was probably the sweetest form of sportsmanship I've ever seen on a tennis court since I've been playing is that they genuinely were happy that my team won and, and were just so supportive. I mean, they were like, can I get a picture with you afterwards? I felt like a, little bit of a celebrity, but it was, it was very kind and very sweet. I can
2: tell you have tears. in Carolyn and I both, I know our listeners can't see us, but Carolyn and I both have tears in our eyes. That's, that is an amazing story.
0: Yeah. We're part of a pretty great community.
2: Yes, we are. 100%. We are The,
1: the tennis, the tennis ladies and the tennis fam are, they are some of the best people in the world. I mean, I literally, have a, a player that's injured right now. And I put out a text to like, Hey, let's get her some gift cards for meals so that she can recover. And I mean, within like 12 hours, I already had so much uh, support from them. I mean, it's just amazing how helpful and caring the the people that we spend so much time on the court with are. That's probably the biggest revelation is that if I thought I had friends, I really knew what kind of friends I had after going through this is that that I felt so much love and
0: support. We can't thank Terry enough for sharing her stories. I know everyone's treatment plan and situation is different, but the tennis friends and community helping someone is what we keep hearing on this podcast. And that is amazing. If you'd like to see a picture of Terry, please check out our website, which is secondservepodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you on the courts soon.